Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host is Grace Duffy, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we explore Twitter's newly enhanced and improved conversation features with special guest Dan Knowlton. I want to remind you the show is brought to you by the Video Marketing Summit 2019. It's taking place August 5th through 9th, 2019, duh. And it is a live online event for any marketer who wants to create videos with confidence and improve their marketing videos for Facebook, for Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. We've gathered 12 of the world's top marketing pros, and they'll be sharing their proven techniques for video creation, video ads, Instagram stories, IGTV, YouTube, LinkedIn video, and live video. And you can find out more by going over to videomarketingsummit.info. All right, let's get into the show. So our guest, again, as I mentioned earlier, is Dan Knowlton. He is a creative marketer, speaker, and trainer. He co-founded KPS Digital Marketing, and that is an agency that specializes in social and video marketing. But one of his passions and places he excels in is Twitter. In fact, that's what you spoke on at Social Media Marketing World. So welcome back to the show, Dan. Thank you for having me, guys. It's great to be back, as always. Thanks for joining us. Glad to have you back, as usual. So first up, we weren't planning on talking about this, but Twitter literally this morning released its quarter two earnings report. And there was a couple of items of note that I wanted to bring up real quick to kind of set some context here. So first up, Twitter added 5 million daily active users last quarter, reaching 139 million in total. And that's the highest uh, daily active user amount that Twitter's had since they've started reporting that number uh, earlier this year. And uh, this represents the highest annual growth that they've had in almost two years. Now, do you remember for a time there, Twitter was not announcing any growth. In fact, they actually announced some decline. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly the time frame we were talking about, but uh, yeah. So Dan, mm. what does that make you think? Like, how does that make you feel about Twitter's current state right now? It makes me feel good because for me, you know, trying to look at why are they growing? The big, the big change has been they've actually started listening to users and making changes to the platform that us users actually want to see. You know, this is a sign that today there's lots of talking points around what Twitter's doing to make changes to the platform. Imagine like six months ago, a year ago, there was nothing, there was nothing going on. You know, it was, uh, there was nothing going on. So it's a good sign because, and I think the main reason that there is this growth is because they are making these changes, the Twitter app or however Twitter beta testing yes. app, um, you know, the, how do you say that? 
<laughs> I, I just say Twitter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Twitter. Sure. I always just say that. I always just say the beta testing app. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, the Twitter beta. Twitter beta. The reason we're getting hung hung up on it is because it's it's lowercase letters. It's the word Twitter minus the vowels, and mm. I don't know how cool they think they're being with that, but it's more confusing <laughs> than anything. But anyway, well, yeah. when they rolled out ten years ago, that was the cool thing to do to come out with with company names that weren't quite spelled right. Right? Wasn't mm. that the thing? So. Anyway, it's a it's a throwback. Yeah. It's a throwback yeah. to the good old days of Twitter when, when it was still the Wild West. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, somebody mentioned, well, I wonder how many of that 139 million daily active users are bots. But I want to point out that, like, over the course of the past year, year and a half plus, Twitter has spent that time battling at the declining use by cutting bots and spam, et cetera. So for them to have eliminated accounts and then declared growth seems like that mm-hmm. seems to be working. Oh, I said, and they also cut out uh, like a lot of the automated tools. Yeah. So a lot of the tools that we used to use, at least the ones I used to use to clean out my account, well, mm-hmm. they used to be used to, you know, generate bots and stuff. And so they've, they've cut down mm-hmm. on a lot of that automation as well. And to show growth in spite of that is, is also impressive. And also moving from, that's right, Grace, and also moving from daily active users, their new kind of metric, I think it's called revenue generating daily active users or something along those lines. So that they're not just tracking, you know, because loads of random bots, like you mentioned, these are people who are spending time on the platform who are logging in. It's pointless tracking metrics of accounts that are signed up to Twitter if they're not actually going on the platform. So they are making good steps forward to actually cut out tracking unnecessary bots and things for sure. If I'm not mistaken, I think I remember one of the qualifications for that new metric, and I wish I had looked this up, but I'm glad you reminded me, (laughs) is that it had something to do with the potential for that account to see Twitter ads. Does that ring a bell? Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That definitely rings a bell, Eric. Sure. Good. And, And to me, that also made me think, well, what about some of these still existing excellent third-party Twitter apps that are out there that people are using that don't serve ads. So I'm wondering how much of the not counting is happening due to that. I don't know. So Yeah. They've been really going, kind of cutting down on on external apps, like you mentioned as well, Grace. I feel bad for some of these apps. Like when we spoke last time, they just cut off access. You know, people that have built businesses around using Twitter and they've got teams of people. What have they done? I feel... I can think of some of the top of my head. There's, there's some, some re- there was some really great apps that purely focused on having that access to the API and they're just gone now. Yeah. The poor people that lost their jobs and things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So let's move into some of the growth areas and things that they've been testing slash implementing here. So first up is Twitter is testing the reply labels in conversations. Uh, Grace, would you mind giving us a brief overview of this? Yeah, so Twitter's been doing uh, a series of experiments. This has been ongoing since the beginning of the year where they're trying to make it easier to follow conversations on the platform. And so, as you know, when you tweet, someone else replies and then another person replies to that. And then you kind of get lost in that conversation. So they started testing out where they would add a label that said the original tweeter in a conversation thread. Well, of course, because things kind of spider out. That's not necessarily helpful. And then in April, they changed it to say the author, the original person that originated it. And then there was two other labels for people who mentioned the original tweet and those who replied to the people that are following. And then with this current update, they're going to add, uh, in addition to the labels, icons. So there will be a small microphone icon next to the profile picture of the person that originated the tweet. 
And then I think there's smaller uh, other icons that are rolling out to people that uh, respond. So this new feature is live now, but it's not necessarily available to everyone yet. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Eric, what do you think about this? Well, so Dan, I'm, I'm curious to ask you this, but it, again, if this test shows that these new labels and icons, et cetera, throughout the test are actually helpful. How do you see them being helpful for the user experience on Twitter? Um, I think it just makes it easier to keep a track of the conversations when, you know, sometimes you get, especially on the big accounts, like imagine like someone like Wendy's, for example, when they tweet something and instantly there's hundreds of replies, just trying to keep up with seeing when Wendy's replies because they'll have like the microphone icon next to them. Again, I think this is, I just don't want Twitter to move into that area of just making changes for changes sake kind of thing. I think this, yes, this will be useful personally, but to me, will it make a big impact on my life? Probably not. But, you know, I guess that, it, I don't know, do you guys see that, do you use Twitter in a certain way where you're looking through replies to see if you can find the author's reply? I don't know. I don't tend to do that, but that's just me. What about you guys? I don't know. I guess it depends on what conversation I'm following that I, I most people tend to retweet the original tweet and then go on to respond to it. So that's what I usually see it. But, you know, I don't manage like a, our big company brand. Eric, what's mm-hmm. your experience uh, managing our social media examiner Twitter handle? I mean, that's a good question. I almost think that what would be more helpful, which I know that they were testing at one point, uh, more helpful than these labels would be the threaded conversations to be able to Mm -hmm. have them work more like Facebook's conversations or comments, I should say, um, Mm. work to where if I click in on an original tweet, then I will, I'll know, I'll know, I already know that that's the original tweet. I clicked in on it, you know? Yeah. He retweeted it. And then to see the, the conversations thread off from there, that's just that, my initial opinion. That's a really good point because within Twitter, when you reply to a tweet, it can get it can actually get very confusing when there's conversations within conversations. Because like you said, Eric, there's not the, the Facebook uh, kind of threaded option where if you're replying to someone who's already replied, that comes underneath that section. Mm-hmm. With Twitter, it's all in one stream. So... Make it to where if this person replies to this person, then their whole reply thread is way over here. But I can see that kind of being maybe something confusing. I don't know. The, the, mm-hmm. I, that said, I still think there's and, – and I've – you know, as I've gone to a number of different events, I still see more conversation around events happening on Twitter than any other network per se. So anyway. That's true. Yeah. So. Do you find that this will make uh, Twitter look more cluttered? I think we're looking at labels and icons and now there's special icons. And I think just yeah. visually, like what I love about Twitter is that it's just simple. You know, simple. Just simple. It's simple. I always say this, they need to stick to what they're good at. They're yeah. good at sharing ideas and information instantly in a really simple, easy to understand way. Like you said, Grace, they just want to be careful not to go down the route of trying to be like every other platform and make it too mm-hmm. complex and the user experience too complex. That's a really good point. Well, this is a test and uh, we'll see if anything from this comes to fruition. However, this next thing we're going to talk about here, the hide replies feature is an actual feature. Twitter is testing. So this is basically giving any user the ability to hide any replies, pick and choose even, that uh, they decide aren't worthy contributions 
or are irrelevant or offensive or just annoying or for whatever reason. This is much like what from we- Eric. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> As a tweet from Eric. <laughs> yes, and a tweet from me. You know, and, and this is going to be coming out to, to everybody around the world. Right now, it's only available to people in Canada, which I find very interesting. But yeah, this is, I mean, think, think of how uh, Facebook comments, again, I go back to Facebook. Think about how Facebook comments are right now. And if you had a certain rule on your page or your account and you want to remove um, certain tweets, you can go ahead and do that. Mm. hide them but the interesting thing the interesting thing i found about this was even though you're hiding the tweets people can still click on the tweet and see it okay (laughs) okay so if i hide a tweet so i don't see it anymore do do you looking at the conversation let's say we all have public accounts and Mm. you looking at the conversation will you still see the tweet or is it just hidden for me or is it for everyone when i when i hide it Mm. So I, I still see the tweet, but over the top of the tweet, it says hide tweet. And then I have the option to click a small button to still view the tweet. So Twitter's idea around this is that they're thinking no one's going to really bother to click unhide tweet and they're going to kind of skim past it. But still, it, I don't know. I also think it begs the question, who decides if a tweet is worthy of being hidden or not? It's Because it, it's, you know, the social media is for free speech. We should be able to say what we say. That's one argument. The other argument is when there's trolls online and they're saying horrendous things, you should be able to hide it. It's that there's no win-win. It's, there's always going to be arguments both sides. What do yeah. you think, Eric? Yeah. Well, and and that's my thought there is like, it's very subjective. I wonder myself mm. if this feature is necessary and is having the ability to hide replies something most Twitter users even want. Uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of what some of the real world use cases are for this feature. Again, I go back to Facebook pages or profiles. And if you just have, quote, people you don't like, that's being very nice, commenting on posts in ways you don't want them to. The way it works on Facebook, though, is if you hide their reply there instead of deleting it, they and their friends can still see, uh, mm. at least on pages, their, they and their friends can still see their comments sitting there. So anyway, I don't know. But you can also still you can still mute and um, block. You can still mute yeah. and block yes. um, people. But when you do that, others can still see that tweet. Whereas now this is combating that by everyone sees the hidden tweet functionality. But you can still click on it anyway. It's yeah, yeah. So, will if a user hides a tweet from someone, will that person know that their tweet had been hidden? That's a good uh, question. Yeah, I, I would presume that they'd be told. They they didn't okay. say anything about notifications showing up as so and so hid your tweet. That mm. would be interesting. Mm. I would have to wait and see because yeah, yeah I didn't I yeah. didn't see anything about that. But I would presume that they'd want to notify other users if they're tweeting in a way that's causing other Twitter users to hide their tweets. They need to be kind of told, I would have thought. And of course, the first place that they're rolling it out right now is in Canada, and they're so polite, they're not going to hide anybody's tweets. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's being rolled out in Canada, Eric. That's why. Yes. Uh, Twitter did say that it will eventually be available to everyone on, around the world. So eventually, I don't know what that means, but uh, specifically, but if any of our Canadian viewers and or listeners have this feature, we'd love to hear from you and let us know how it's working out there. Yeah. Mm. So speaking of conversations and, you know, notifications, replies, all these things, Twitter's also addressing this. I, I didn't even know this was an issue, but they, they say they are addressing the conversation gap that is left by hidden tweets. 
Grace, again, would you mind bringing us up to speed on what they, they mean by this? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> when you hide a tweet, you will get a message that says this tweet is unavailable, right? And and this isn't necessarily just because it's hidden. It may just be because uh, it's also blocked. Uh, it may be from a private account. There's a number of reasons, right? So either you, either the user hit it or Twitter hit it, whatever. So the goal is to fill in the holes in conversation left in these alerts. So Twitter's adding context to the content that's unavailable to help fill these gaps. There's a number of reasons why, you know, again, Sometimes it's a policy violation, but the fix will involve providing more context alongside the notice saying it's unavailable. And especially when telling you, it'll also tell you why. I guess this is helpful when there's a high volume of tweets coming and you don't really, it confuses the user when you're like responding to something and it's not there anymore. So I don't know. What do you think, Eric? So my question to Dan and as well as the listeners is, have you ever been confused by a, quote, this tweet is unavailable message? And I don't know that there was a fix needed mm. for this, but if this is a fix, does it help the user experience? I think, Eric and Grace, I think it's a classic case of Twitter are fixing things that don't need fixing. They're solving problems that aren't solved problems again. Yeah. Yeah, again, I think it's the, one of those. I think, yes, it will provide more context. I have actually, I, I've personally seen this tweet is hidden before. Okay. Um, and I've, I've never cared why really, to be honest, <laughs> maybe I just, you know, I don't care about stuff, but um, I haven't thought, Oh, I wish I knew why that was hidden. I've, maybe I'm not as, you know, I may, maybe that's just me. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. I'm kind of a nosy person. I want to know, I want to know why <laughs> this is hidden. And then I often regret looking. Mm. So, <laughs> um, I, I guess as marketers, right. What's the benefit? Mm to this, right? So let's say that you're tweeting from a major brand or your own brand or anything yeah. else. And you see this tweet is hidden. Like, does it matter? Does it matter that someone's reply to you is hidden? Do you really need to know? Like, yeah. what's I think, I think because sometimes your tweet can be hidden because you've broken some kind of random policy that no one knows about, this feature can at least give you some context as to why that's happened. So you can learn from it and then maybe change what you're doing. Because ultimately as a, as a big brand, you don't want to have lots of tweets hidden online because people will just start to see that and think, mm, are they worth following? Because there's just constantly lots of hidden tweets. So it will give the, the brand context as to why their tweets are being hidden. But yeah, again, I just don't think it's solving problems that aren't problems again. But the, the biggest instance that I ever see this tweet is hidden notice come up is because the <laughs> hidden tweet has been retweeted by somebody that I know with context. And it says, you know, and so I'll see the person I'm following and they'll say da 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 their text, their tweet version. And then in sub tweet section, it's the retweet, but that's where it says this tweet is hidden. And it's because they've retweeted somebody I have muted. And the problem there is, is then that makes me think, oh, I want to see what that person that I've muted has said. Mm. And I've already decided I've muted them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it can also be because it's from a private account when it, it's retweeted true. from a private account. But, but yeah, I mean, who has a private account? Especially if you're a marketer. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> that's what Grace said the other day. But that's what I asked you. I asked Eric that. I said, who has private accounts? Like, what, <laughs> like <laughs> I mean, at that point, you should just be texting the people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what Messenger exactly. is for. Go to Messenger. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is this is something that is, uh, this is rolling out and or it is out. I'm trying to figure out. But anyway, it, it, this is something that apparently, again, is something that didn't need to be fixed, but is 
being fixed. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't broken. Again, I'll go back to the thing that everybody, Twitter users, uh, I should put, continued to say is edit button. So uh-huh. in some form or another, <laughs> and yet all these other things are happening. So there you go. Uh. <laughs> so next up, this is also related to notifications and messaging on Twitter. Uh, tr- Twitter is has rolled out. I have seen this personally. Uh, Twitter has Me rolled too. out. Uh, this new format for follower notifications. And this includes a larger profile panel within the notifications tab that gives you um, some some of the, some or all, I haven't really determined that yet from, from my own experience, some or all of the bio of that person, uh, as well as a follow button that's right there that you can tap. And this is a big difference from from what uh, it used to be, where you'd just see, you know, it's it would say these users have followed you in one notification, and it would have all the little circle uh, avatars of those people. And if you wanted more information, you literally had to click in on every individual avatar. So, Dan, you said you've seen this. What do you think? I think Twitter at risk of turning into Facebook in terms of their notifications. So. I don't know if you guys find this, but I find that Facebook, you just get notified. Notifications are so cluttered nowadays. You get notified for random stuff. Your friend's mum's dog joined a group and commented on it or things that you don't care about. And I feel like, I know this, is, this isn't kind of exactly the same, but Twitter are really filling up that notifications tab. I just hope it doesn't end up being a massive feed of lots of information that kind of, a notification, I just want a clear, concise notification to tell me something I care about. And that, I don't know. I'm being a bit negative, but I don't know. Yeah. Grace, you were the one who said it seems like it's a bit big when you were looking at a screenshot of it or something, right? That like it the- is. Yeah, it takes up the whole screen, especially when you're on mobile and you have to conserve space. And between <laughs> this and the icons, I don't know where to put my eyes. So yeah. <laughs> I will say this. I'm also not necessarily receiving them for every single follow. So yeah, I'm wondering how they're determining which mm. follows of my account are worthy of the bigger notification. Mm, yeah no idea that that has been my experience so i don't know but anyway so again this is maybe something that's helped i I have i I have actually let me put it this way i'll spin it positive i have found this (laughs) helpful because it gives me a little bit more context and i was able to say oh that person looks more interesting i'm glad they're following Mm. me and yeah i would actually consider maybe following them now i don't know Mm. yeah Positive spin, Eric. I like it. Keep Thank bringing you. those positive Thank spins. You. Thank you. Well, to, so to continue in that vein, let's get snappy. Twitter is now sunsetting Snappy TV, a live video editing tool, and replacing it with Live Cut. So the first two questions that were very obvious to Grace and myself is, what is slash was Snappy TV, and what is Live Cut that's replacing it? So Snappy TV was the tool used for bigger kind of brands, sports shows and things to cut segments of a live stream to then promote on Twitter. It was a tool that allowed you to to do all of that. And now what they're doing is basically putting that external tool within the media studio. There's a section called producer. And I I tested this uh, the other day. You can go on one of your live streams and it's got a really basic editing tool where you can cut small snippets of that and then tweet it as if it's a piece of media in the media studio. It's pretty cool, to be fair. I had to play around with it. Cool. Okay, that's that's helpful because, again, even in digging through this news, Twitter was very cryptic slash non forthcoming about what Snappy TV even was. So, I mean, I think it was mainly something that 
bigger kind of media companies used. It wasn't like the kind of thing that a small brand or small business would use. So that's why I think not many people really know what it is. Well, in the announcement, they they highlight it was used by sports broadcasters to create and share instant highlights. So like instant replays or instant recaps. So immediately there, I was like, well, I, I haven't really seen much of that. That's really cool. I didn't know. And mm. so you're saying that this was an external tool. And so mm. it, and Live Cut will be integrated into Twitter Media Studio. Well, right? it already is. I, it already it, is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I say that I've got access to it. You know, they do the whole rolling out thing. Right. It may not be for everyone, but there's a tab called Producer where you can go in and it's quite, it's got a good user interface. You can look at your previous live streams, click on one, and then it opens up kind of an editing tab where you can edit short snippets and click kind of cut, cut, cut. And it, and then it takes that bit of media, that clip it, puts it in your media studio, the studio, uh, the Twitter media studio for you to then tweet out. And it, it looks like quite a quick, efficient way of being able to share kind of short clips or the best bits from your, from your live streams. Cool. Interesting. So, uh, moving from that over to this other piece that's coming into Media Studio, they're adding a broadcast scheduling feature to Media Studio. So, Dan, again, your Twitter and video Venn diagram is perfect for this. What do you think of this? So they're adding the ability to be able to schedule kind of live streams, basically. And for some reason, they, they it, when I, I went to do this as well, I've had a, had a play around with this, and it, it very much looks like you're publishing something from the media studio. It's all integrated within the, in the media studio. You choose an image. They call it a slate for some reason. I've never heard of that terminology, but they say as part of your scheduling of the broadcast, you can add a slate, which is basically an image that's going to be just like when you schedule a live stream on kind of Facebook and it says this person's going live. I haven't yet seen what a scheduled broadcast looks like on Twitter. I don't know if you guys have, um, but it's obviously very new and being tested and things. So I haven't had a chance to see it, but it looks cool. They've been doing a lot more experiments with live video because when we had you on before, we talked about where you could bring someone in to uh, do an odd, like basically do an audio show with you on Twitter. Mm. So I think this is cool that you can schedule something ahead of time. And especially if you have something like we have a regular Twitter chat, you know, if you have a regular Mm. thing that you're broadcasting on, on Twitter, that this seems great. As like a social media manager or marketer, it's just Mm -hmm. helping you be organized. You know, we, we have, you know, social media marketers have so much to do having that extra kind of tool that's going to help you organize what's going on. is just, it's just going to be a time saver, I think. So yeah, I think it's definitely a good advancement in the right direction. Cool. So, well, Dan, you're awesome. And we're- You're awesome, Eric. (laughs) You know you are. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, uh, It's (laughs) awesome for you to- Thank you. There you go. Uh, I was going to say, you better share the love. Dan, awesome having you here as usual. Thank you so much for staying up and staying a little later at the office with us just to uh, help us dig through the Twitter news. And we'll have you back again soon. No probs. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Have a good Friday. Bye. Bye. Bye, Dan. All right. So that's the segment, not the show. We got a couple other small pieces of news here to run through. First up, Facebook is changing how it's going to display media on the mobile news feed. So as we know, screens can get cramped when it's mobile screens. And they're changing uh, the maximum height of videos and images and the amount of text that will be shown. And so 
what that's going to look like? Well, these changes in text, in photos, and in videos are designed to make the Facebook newsfeed format look better on mobile, be more consistent on mobile. It means that there's going to be fewer lines of text shown on the mobile newsfeed. So that's going to uh, increase the amount of text depending upon what you're using, it's going to increase the amount of text that then gets put below that click to view more click thing. So it's, you know, your, your quote below the fold text is going to increase. Now only three lines of primary text are going to show on the mobile newsfeed. And then as far as media goes, the maximum media height for photos and videos is going to be reduced to a four to five ratio on the mobile newsfeed. And again, the tallest aspect ratio for images without links and for videos is now going to be a vertical four to five ratio. So take note. Yes. And this is moving and this is on the mobile feed. So it's just moving in line. And uh, this change will be taking effect on August 19th. So you have a few weeks, but it seems to me if you're creating content for one kind of format, it should fit because this is just making things more consistent. Right. if If you aim for mobile first, and make it look good mm-hmm. there, it should in theory follow that it will then also look good enough on desktop. Cause we know <laughs> that breakdown is still huge when it comes to usage on mobile and the scrolling yeah. and scrolling. So yeah, definitely. And usage is there's more usage on mobile, right? Or am I getting that wrong? If it wasn't already there, it was, it, it soon was, or soon will be. I, I, for, I'm forgetting you put me on the spot. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bruce says you're correct. So I'm going to go with Bruce. Okay. <laughs> Bruce says correct. Thank you. Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> Next up, Instagram, another Facebook property is hiding likes in six more countries. So this was the scandal du jour a few weeks ago. So uh, Instagram initially began hiding likes in just Canada, but plans to roll this out in six more countries. This includes Ireland, Italy, Japan, Brazil, New Zealand, and Australia. This uh, update is a couple months coming from their initial announcement of this test. So this was covered in Inc. Magazine. Um, Inc. Magazine, actually, we linked, we're going to link to this in our Saturday article, gave some steps on how to get around this. Because again, you know, this is something that they're clearly, Instagram is clearly expanding and maybe rolling out to other countries. And so basically the advice from Inc. is that you should invest in other platforms. So outside of Facebook and Instagram, you know, give uh, Pinterest, YouTube, LinkedIn, and of course, Twitter a whirl, right? To give it a chance to expand to those this coming year. Um, I know this is a big deal for influencer marketing. So again, they're saying, you know, look for other places, YouTube and Twitch are great places for um, your, your influencer campaigns. And then the number one advice it gives is to invest in yourself first. So again, you know, it's great. We love social media marketing, obviously, but you should also be focused on building your website traffic and increasing your email subscribers. So sound advice that we have shared many times, but again, worth re rehashing, resharing, right? And then other Instagram news, they're adding a new warnings for accounts that are close to being banned. So Instagram is strengthening its moderation and content policies. And now they're adding a new alert so that if your account is close to being banned, it'll give you an opportunity to clean it up. It'll give you reasons of Sometimes you can just like delete the content and it's fine. Other times it's, you know, if it's um, ongoing behavior, uh, you know, the, basically they give you an opportunity to 
not be banned. So it shouldn't be a surprise if you are banned. Yeah. They give you the heads up. Hey, you could be banned. So then you can correct it versus just literally losing your account or losing access, which is great. Right. Losing your account's not great. Having the heads up that you might lose your account is great, is what I meant to say. Yeah. Anyway. And sometimes I think, you know, because all this, all the moderation is, um, it, it's based on machine learning or whatever that sometimes, you know, they'll flag something that isn't necessarily what you think it is, right? Or what yeah. they think it is. And so it gives you an opportunity to appeal, appeal that process. Yeah. Lastly, in our news, LinkedIn is offering an open for business quote sign on profiles to premium business subscribers. This new feature started rolling out this past week, and it's for small business leaders, freelancers, again, anybody who has a premium business subscription, everybody will be getting this. All small, U.S. small business leaders, freelancers, they have access to this by the fall. There's a wait list available. You can go to business.linkedin.com slash grow, business.linkedin.com slash grow. And it basically is going to give you the ability to share what services you provide right there on your profile. So again, it's a virtual open for business sign. I just can't help but think of a GeoCities old school website <laughs> where there's this flashing, blinking, open for business Christmas lights thing hanging mm-hmm. there. But I hope it's more professional looking than that. I'm sure it will be. So for marketers or our entrepreneurs that are uh, wanting to put their services out there or say, hey, I specialize in this versus that. I specialize in this platform versus that. This is a great way to get your name out there. And apparently, um, I think they have LinkedIn. I can't remember the name of it. Right? They have that um, service where you, if you're a freelancer, you can put it in there and just put yourself out there as like, like if you're a copywriter, just put your copywriting services out there and say, I'm open. And so this is obvious, an extension of that. So you're not having to go to the separate tool. And I swear the name of this is going to come to me as soon as we get off the show, sure. <laughs> as soon as the show ends, but yes. um, I will think of, I will remember it, but it, there is a service where you can put uh, what your individual uh services or um, things that your, your business provides. And and so this puts it just, it bakes it right into your profile. So as someone is looking for you, searching you, they know, oh, you're a, you're a podcaster, you're a copywriter, you're you you know, a social media manager, whatever. Yeah. So this is, this yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. So that is our show. I want to remind you again that everything that we talked about can be found in the recap slash show notes for this episode, which you'll find at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news every Saturday. Uh, If you're not subscribed, you should, and you should be subscribed by going to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your podcast listening, you know, podcast player listening tool of choice and just search social media marketing talk show and then hitting the subscribe button. Uh, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by the Video Marketing Summit 2019. We've gathered 12 of the world's top video marketing pros, and they're going to help you become a confident video creator for video creation, video ads, Instagram stories, IGTV, YouTube, LinkedIn, live video, all of that. And you can find out more by going to videomarketingsummit.info. And uh, we'd love for you to to join us as we record this show live on Crowdcast. You can find that at socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. And I want to also say special thanks to Grace Duffy, our co-host and show producer. 
Thank you, Eric, for being a great host. And thank you, Dan, for sharing your Friday evening with us and talking to us about Twitter. You've been a great guest. Again, our next show will be Friday, August 2nd, 2019 at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. We'd love for you to join us by going over to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. There you'll find the links to subscribe and listen and watch and replay and all of those things. So join us then. And uh, until then, we'll say have a great weekend and have a great week. Bye-bye. See you soon. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.